Hi, my name's Simon Hare and welcome to our third uh, Active Exchange Academy podcast. Today I'm joined by James Harris, CEO of Softball South Australia, and we're going to talk about James's data journey and the likely next steps in that journey. Welcome, James. Thanks for having me, Simon. No dramas. Uh, how's everything going in South Australia today? Uh, not too bad. We, uh, we finished our season uh, at the end of March. So uh, it's a lot of uh, work in the off season. So uh, we keep pretty busy when uh, when we're in the winter season. Very good. Planning and boarding, et cetera. So it's a, uh, a busy time of year. Yeah, I'm sure, I bet you it is. Um, for the people listening, um, James is a, a sort of jack of all trades. He does a lot of things in his role as CEO of a sort of smaller sport, um, state sporting organizations, um, planning, policy, operations, financial management, representation, customer relations, promotion and marketing. There's a lot in there, James, mate. It seems like you're uh, across everything and a jack of all trades. Yeah, as I guess you'd call us a smaller sport. Well, a smaller sport in Australia, but um, yeah, yeah, you have to cover off on a lot of areas when you work for a, 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 an organisation that's basically run by volunteers around the state and in their local competitions. Um, I'm one of the lucky few that get paid for my labour of love, but it's a um, yeah terrific job and heaps of different aspects and components to it. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm still interested. Ten years into the role, it's uh, still a bit of a passion. Great, uh, good to hear. And and under one of your many roles, uh, you've taken on the challenge to use data to inform your sort of decision making. Um, so reflecting back, why have you made that choice and, and what are the benefits, do you think, of using data? Yeah, I think that's been ingrained into decision-making, hasn't it, um, over the last, well, I'll say decade because that's how long I've worked in sport, but no data, no decision. And uh, we regularly attend uh, seminars and workshops, et cetera. I went to a Flinders University uh, summit, youth sports summit. Um, I've had a staff member go to a Future of Sports seminar uh, interstate, uh, and I've, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested in survey results as well when it comes to sport, uh, and the data tells us that it's a changing environment, and we've got to do more for our the end user uh, to be able to provide a sport that is uh, fun and social, um, but also, you know, those that are time poor or got more choices for sport. Uh, we've got to come up with different ways to deliver the sport as well. So uh, data um, is king, really, in, in sport administration, because without it, you're not going to be able to apply for the grant fundings or, the, uh, or, the, or be able to campaign for a new local government authority, like a local council, to, to bring a sport into their uh, precinct or, or region. Yeah, great. I love that term, that no data, no decision. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so tell me about how this sort of started for you and what led you down the path of, um, I mean, you've sort of explained that a little bit there, um, why, why you've done that, um, but how did it sort of more recently come to a head, I guess, and how did you sort of start delving into that a bit more? I, I can remember receiving an email from someone uh, in a region of South Australia that didn't have a softball competition and my initial thoughts were terrific let's get it going uh but it's not as simple as that uh, i mean one person having uh an interest in the sport doesn't really sell it to anyone that you want to partner with to begin a, a, a new competition so 
uh, plans required. Uh, so we've looked at Office for Recreation, Sport and Racing for uh, uh, funding for a few different programs over the years. Uh, but this one never really took off or got off the ground uh, until I was contacted by our state office for recreation, sport and racing recently. Uh, well, it was late 2019, I guess. So it's still recent if you uh, consider couple, uh, 18 months or so recent um, to pilot a program. And it, it, it was Active Exchange, Active Exchange Sporting Sports Eye um, app. And, you know, I thought, you know, it's probably something that, would, be, would interest me. However, right now, at this time, I've, I don't have the time to start a new program. Uh, I don't have the staff or the resources to put to it. Um, and, you know, it's probably just another one of those emails that you get. It's like, if you're interested, come along or whatever. Um, but a, a, a follow-up phone call uh, from a, a lady named Jane Bartlett, who I worked with a, a little bit on on what's coming up, I guess, that we're going to start talking about. Uh, she just put it to me that, you know, there's there's some data in this that suggests that there's a couple of areas in South Australia where, you know, there's some interest for or a demand for a softball competition. And I said, it wouldn't happen to be in the southern region of, of or greater southern region of, of Adelaide. And she said, that's exactly where it is. So the data backed up, you know, what I'd previously uh, been able to uncover, you know, a couple of years before that, uh, and never had an opportunity to look further into it. So uh, that's that's how I was hooked. I was hooked because it told me something I already knew, but it was backed up by the program, you know. And and you know, I I can't I can't explain that to anyone else. I can't I can't say, you know, I've got the data here. Uh, and they'll say, how did you come up with it? It's like, oh, I got an email once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And so obviously, yeah, the time issue was was one of your concerns like with so many other things going on, those kind of things. Um, but the fact that you got some value out of that, a nice straight off the bat sort of uh, scenario, um, a good softball pun there, by the way, but uh, you got some value out of that. So obviously it would help justify a bit of time being spent on it. Um, were there any other things you sort of uh, had questions about or uh, trepidations about in terms of starting out on it? Um, after the initial, I'll give you another pun, out of left field um, request to be part of a pilot program, I, we uh, we jumped on it. it. It was, yeah, this, this will help us. I, I know it will uh, because um, the way that it was delivered, we were given a, a bit of a demonstration on how to use it, uh, almost like a webinar style. Um, and it, as, so, as soon as I saw, you know, its capability, the program's capabilities on a crash course, I'll call it a crash course. It obviously wasn't the way that it was delivered. It, it was the way that I took it on. You know, I, I wasn't completely or sold in, I wasn't bought in yet, but uh, so I consider it a crash course. And as soon as I saw some of the data, just instant data straight away, you don't have to wait weeks for a report or, or you know, a consultant to come out and just double check or anything. The data is instantaneous. Now, I'm, I'm not gonna be great with the terminology on, you know, your algorithms or the, or the way that the program is set up, um, but, you know, I trust the data. It, it looks pretty much 
spot on accurate to the data that we have for current registered members, for previous and past registered members. And, and so if I can trust the data straight away and, and I can recognize it as being uh, fairly accurate, I'm going to run with it. Yeah, great. Right. And um, so, I mean, your first experience there in terms of looking at that data and aligning that with, you know, the demand that was shown with an area that you were looking at, had some interest in establishing a new competition was obviously one of your first sort of insights. Were, were there any other sort of insights um, initially or light bulb moments beyond that in terms of, I mean, you've talked about that data accuracy. What other things sort of stood out to you when you first started diving in there? Well, it, the wheel started turning straight away. Uh, I, I could see it as a way to back up our registration data. Um, we, we have uh, some pretty good recruitment in softball, whereas our retention of membership, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a question mark over it. So um, I can see within the data ways to be able to reach out to my local associate clubs and associations and say, listen, th there is pretty strong demand for the sport in your areas. Let's talk about some ways that we can improve the experience for our membership. Uh, there's way there's areas in the state pockets, you know, that have got uh, some demand for membership that would rival some of our bigger uh, associations. And, you know, the future of sport is screaming for midweek sessions or mid midweek um sport like maybe an hour a night or, or 45 minutes a night and you know we can accommodate that as, as as a sport so um there is some exciting opportunities that came up just in my head of of how we might be able to to do that but also for some of our smaller associations that uh, might have started to drop away a little bit um you know sometimes we see an association uh, in a regional centre that comes and goes. You know, one year they'll have, you know, a good competition. The next year, you know, they don't even have a competition. So this gives us information on where our areas that we can work on, yep. you know. Uh, you know, there are, we know there are some areas that might be able to take care of themselves, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that we can't give them the data to say, listen, you're doing great, but there's a little bit more demand. So uh, it... It's very exciting to see the opportunities that it presents uh, for the growth of our sport, how we can grow the sport as well through the ideas that we already have. Um, and uh, it's, I, I think, I think it's the, uh, how would you call it? I, I think it is the potential, the yeah. potential that this program provides our sport gives us a little bit of hope uh, but a lot of um, encouragement and, um, you know, purpose. Yep. We can be fit for purpose based on the data. Yeah, cool. And so, so obviously that's led to a lot of, um, yeah, you looking at uh, that analysis, you know, reaching out, as you say, to your associations and working with them about trying to grow the sport where, where it is now and into new areas. Um, how have you sort of used it then to inform or influence others um, around so external to your organization? Well, it, this next part came about because of COVID. Um, I, I'd started uh, working with the consultant at the Office for Recreation, Sport and Racing on 
delivering a pilot program, a future of softball program that, uh, that we like to call it. Uh, and we'd mapped out the first stage of it, which would have been consultancy. So uh, COVID hit, the consultant at um, Office Recreation Sport and Racing obviously uh, didn't, uh, uh, was an essential worker. Uh, and so uh, she hasn't been back since. And so the program, I forgot about it. I'll be honest, with, with COVID starting, I forgot about it until um, we started talking about um, partnerships. Uh, we started talking about grant funding through COVID or the new state plan, the Game On plan written by the uh, Office for Recreation, Sport and Racing and the state government. Um, and I'm, it's in the back of my mind, it, like something sparked a, the the thought of how active exchange can help in, in all of that. So I spoke with uh, my national uh, CEO uh, about, you know, we've, we've got some data that we can provide to, you know, some of our future programs that we're looking at nationally. Um, we spoke with um, some states by, uh, around the states, so LGAs really, uh, about some new facilities that they're, they're talking about building in, in different associations. Uh, and then when grants become available under the Game On Plan, um, as a state sporting body, I was able to provide that data from uh, Sports Eye to, to say that Softball SA not only supports the grant application, but here's the data as to why. And, you know, growth potential, uh, current membership, demand of membership as well. Uh, and we know that these areas uh, have got high growth uh, in population as well. So there, there's a couple of places. I'll give you an example. The Hills Softball Association is one of our best performing associations over, over the last five, 10 years. Um, and they have a um, housing development that it just keeps going and going and going right on the doorstep of their association. And, and so they're doing great work out there. But I know that with facility upgrades, it's not only to service their current membership, but their potential future membership as well. Yeah, great. Uh, so yeah, support letters as well as uh, campaigning, really. So it's uh, uh, it really got the creative juices flowing again at, at that time. And that was thanks to COVID. So although we've still got the plan for the future of sport, we were able to help some other people out, not just ourselves. Yeah, and that, that obviously really feeds into that no data, no decision sort of uh, theory that you, that you have. Um, and you've sort of touched on before in terms of time, like time is limited. You have you know, taken away through COVID on other things and then came back to, to using the, the platform, which is great. But um, uh, yeah, how do you make sure you get the most out of the data? What's, what's there and available now? Because you have got limited time. So yeah, have you got any secret tips there? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting um, that you ask because I think resourcing uh, the sport and then an alignment from strategy to resourcing uh, has been lacking uh, over a little while uh, in that you might have some great ideas and you've got some big plans and and you know, you're working with your national body or you're working with your office for recreation sport racing, or you're working with another sport or a partner, but you know, it all eats away your time and your resources. And so 
uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound like that it's uh, the woe is me, uh, but we don't have the resources of a football or a netball or a cricket or a soccer. Uh, we have to basically work on what we can with what we have. And so this, this gives a, a, an exciting opportunity to be able to provide that extra resource because, you know, otherwise, how else are we going to get this data? Because no one else is coming knocking on our door saying, here's your data for you. Um, we know that other sports have got more resources and therefore more time to spend on projects uh, that, you know, we just can't possibly manage on our own. So, um, you know, that's, that's the way I see it in that we've got to take advantage of it while we've got it. I'm not saying that active exchange is going anywhere. Maybe, maybe even it's growing by the sounds of things. So, uh, you know, it's nice, nice to know that we can lean on active exchange in the sporting sports eye app. It's uh, it, to help rather than to hinder. And, and that's the way I see it. It's, it's giving us more opportunity. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and you actually, um, there was a workshop held with the Office of Recreation, Sport and Racing or Racing and Sport. Which way does that go? Sport and Racing, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, back in March, which you, you attended with, with James um, Allender, our CEO. So can you tell us, and that sort of brought together um, yeah, a number of state sporting organisations in South Australia and, and the, the team from the state government. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience or that, that workshop and how that played out. Well, firstly, it was nice to see people in person. Uh, we'd, we'd done a lot of Zoom meetings and uh, correspondence uh, via email or, or, or whatever. And um, I mean, I mentioned before we started recording that you know I had great experience with David as well, uh, part of the team at Active Exchange. So uh, speaking with James, so it was good to see him face to face and uh, and uh, in person. So it was it was a nice touch uh, as we start to come out of serious restrictions um, from from COVID. But um, the the room it wasn't it wasn't a full room. It was. Uh, I would say, you know, a handful of people from the Office of Recreation, Sport and Racing, a handful of sports, and we're able to talk our um, experiences with the program. And and uh, I'd, I, like I said, I, I had to be pretty, um, pretty much hands-on with the program. So I was able to talk from my own personal experience. I, I, I needed to utilize the program to be able to have the experience. And that's what I provided. I, I, I talked, uh, I, I was given the opportunity after a short presentation from James um, to, to have a talk about my experience. And I could see the other people in the room just sort of, oh, great idea, you know, note taken. Uh, you, speaking with the national body, speaking with LGA, speaking uh, with, uh, you know, using the data to correlate the information that you've received from future sports seminars, youth sports summits. And uh, it it actually makes a lot of sense. And you could see that there was almost like pieces of the puzzle starting to fit together. And um, now I know the pilot program was only delivered to a few of the state sporting organisations, um, but I think it got the message got through to the to the office of sport and the other sports that were there that 
this program is here to stay and it has huge value for state sporting organisations, particularly ones that don't have the resources to be able to uh, do it all themselves, um, like softball, for example. Uh, and I'm hoping that they'll continue the, um, the, the pilot program. Um, they've been so generous to keep it going, extending it uh, past the initial 12 months that they had planned. I mean, I know COVID threw the spanner in the works. So, uh, you know, for as long as we've got access to it, you know, I'm going to try and, and utilise it. And that's the way that I presented. And it was a positive experience because although we all compete for memberships and registrations, uh, time slots for with, with other sports, we're also working in it together because, you know, without a softball delivering the sport, you know, another sport might not get an opportunity uh, either. Uh, and once one sport is is hit by, you know, COVID restrictions or whatever, all sports are. And so I do know that all sports uh, have the same um, issues that we do. And if we can work together to strengthen the industry, I mean, we talk about health and being active. Well, sport's going to be the best way to help deliver that. Uh, and so being healthy and being active is going to help uh, stimulate the, the, the youth. Uh, it's going to help um, reduce the amount of health bills that we have uh, later in life if we've had an active um, upbringing. And, and, you know, there's still a social component to softball as well that you can still play into your 50s, 60s and 70s. We, we, there's a lady uh, that I, I know won an award for a club this year that was, in, that was turned 70 this year. So, you know, we've got players that play late into their lives and um, you know, the more data and the more help and support we have to deliver these programs, uh, the more we're going to be able to deliver on, again, the state government uh, game on plan, which is to, to have uh, more activity, more participation in sport. Uh, and, you know, I was able to describe that to the rest of that room, that this has been able to help us yeah. start planning to do that. And and the as I said, you mentioned the pilot there, and I think there's around ten sports or so in that pilot. Um, and the office, uh, sorry, the um, state government agency also had uh, the a master platform, so they were able to see the data from all those sports in one one location. Um, so there's a real idea of of sharing there. Um, you know, there's an idea of trying to extend that to local government, as we've done in New South Wales, where um, LGAs get a version where they can kind of see what's happening of sport in their, their own LGA and, and a little bit about what's happening around them. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that from an industry perspective on using data? I mean, you've already said no data, no decision. I understand that. Um, and, and trying to, yeah, bring not just from a single sport point of view, but from an industry point of view. And yeah. you touched on that before as well. Yeah, abs absolutely. Um, it, I, I guess... If I was going to give a quick answer to this, I would suggest that if we're using a national strategy for a single sport, we have that data to target the areas rather than just thinking, I've got to deliver this sport across the state. Right now, I've got this data. I'm going to deliver it in this region of the state. Yeah. Um, and so that is um, working smarter, not harder. Um, if you want to look at it as a whole industry across sport, uh, I think there's 
terrific opportunities to align strategies, the game on plan, uh, the state government plan, a national or federal government plan to, to keep Australians healthy, to be able to utilise a program like this to target areas again and say, and, and not just look to the big four sports, you know, footy, cricket, softball, netball, soccer, netball. It, it's to utilise different sports. You know, you could set up, you know, different regions to have different sports or whatever. But, you know, I don't think that it's beyond our capability to be able to deliver programs um, across different regions of the state for different sports because, a region might be at its capacity for for netball, and and I and I'm not trying to uh, single out netball. I'm just I'll just use it as an example. Netball's big in this region, okay, so it's popular there. Let's pour some more resources into it. You know that doesn't make sense. You know if the capacity to grow isn't there, if the demand for the sport isn't there, it's it's big and it's healthy. Leave that alone. Let, that that'll be okay. You know, and then football in this region great capacity we're probably at at its full demand right let's leave that one alone for now let them work things out let's try and work on this pocket which doesn't have active um residents and and uh, and and, pe and members of the uh, of the region but there is a demand for this sport let's help create a program so um i think i think the capacity to deliver programs with the information that we've got is so sustainable that you know it's it's on a winner you know with it's it takes a little bit of the risk and gambling uh not gambling but you know the, the yeah the risk out of some of the plans and decisions that people have to make yep yep uh, and so what's next for softball south australia and um in terms of yeah, where you're heading and you know where do you think data is going to help along the way there um we, we've got a positive outlook across the country uh for a national plan um it's not a unitary uh governance model but it's no longer a federated model so I, i'd say call it a hybrid where the states still have strategic and financial control over their own uh, organization and an identity etc they've got their own local um, events to run and, and representative teams etc so you wouldn't call it a unitary model you you uh, it's so my, my point being is that that under this new one management model uh, it is giving an opportunity to put more people on the ground uh, uh, servicing the sport and resourcing the sport now again we're not going to have you know, two people going out to every school in the in the state to deliver softball, but we're going to have a couple more people within the state to help be able to deliver sport, uh, and and that's where I see us going. We'll be able to uh, physically touch our associations and have that exposure within these regions that can expand a little or grow. Um, and then we can start our future of softball program. We'll call it a pilot program as well to be able to map out consultancy, see where the interest is through the, the data and the decisions, provide that to the people that we consult with and say, look, there's a demand for softball in this region. How can we help set this up? And then, you know, those resources that 
we might have under this one management agreement, we'll, we'll be able to help deliver the program, get it on its feet, and then we'll see whether how it works, uh, perhaps touch up any of the uh, issues that we have, um, iron out any of the crinkles, and then we can maybe take that plan and deliver it across not only the state, but perhaps the country in regions that are maybe dropping off memberships that maybe have uh, good um, recruitment numbers, but not so good retention numbers. So we can flip it on its head. We don't want you to play a sport for four hours on a Saturday afternoon. We want you to come and play for an hour on a weeknight. And all of a sudden, we've got some interest from people who are saying, "Okay, well, now I don't have to get now I don't have to take my my firstborn to football and then my secondborn to softball. That's not going to work across two different parts of the city, uh, and you know you can you can work it out from there. So so we're we're hoping for some big plans uh, coming up. Um, we we feel like we're in a pretty good place in regards to. Uh, social and fun component to to sport because it is a social game like the, the team that you play against you know yeah sure you might want to win against them but you know what after the game you shake hands and you can stick around and have a barbie or you can you can have a beer or you can you know just see them next week it's it's a, a, that sort of fun and social environment in softball that um, I, I think even though you, you, your competitors are your enemy on field, you can still have a laugh with them on the diamond as well. Like you can have fun and you can uh, make a bit of a joke. And then when it's play ball, you, that's exactly what you're doing. So it's, uh, I, I, I really see a big social change in, our, in the way that our sport's delivered as well. Yeah, excellent. Mate, it's been a pleasure catching up with you today. Thanks very much for your time. Um, and yeah, appreciate You've been part of our podcast series. No worries. Hey, thanks for having me and uh, can't wait to see what's next for Active Exchange and Sports Eye. Great. Thanks, mate. We'll keep in touch. Cheers. See you.